This is the SFF Audio Podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Jesse. And I'm John. John. John DiNardo. From a, from a DiNardo. little website that some people yes. have heard of called sfsignal.com. Am I right? right? Yes. Have we got SF the right Signal. John? Com. Awesome. <laughs> hey, I love that website. I've been uh, following it for a long, long time, and um, you guys look like you have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, we do. Uh, it's a it's a group blog we started back in 2003, which is around the same time you guys started, right? Yeah, we started yeah. just a hair before you did, so yeah, don't yeah. get too uppity. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're. I'll, I'll consider you my mentor. How about that? That sounds good. You guys are my mentors. Yeah. So uh, so we we started uh, way back. It was uh, a, a buddy, JP France, came came into my office one day. We're coworkers, and uh, he said, "Hey." Hey, let's start a blog. Everyone's got a blog. Let's start a blog. And I said, let's start a blog. Everybody's got a blog. Why should we start a blog? What are we going to talk about? Who cares what we what we have to say and what we have to do? And he goes, well, let's uh, you know, let's uh, let's have it be about science fiction. We both like science fiction. And I go, uh, okay, I guess. And I was kind of reluctant at first. And and man, once I started doing it, I was like, hey, this is kind of fun. Even though mm. even though way back then it was just. Uh, it was just basically a couple of friends talking to each other over the internet. That's hmm. <laughs> basically what it was. But I'm, uh, I'm looking at your about page. It looks like you've got about a dozen people, but I, I notice it's not completely up to date because I don't see Charles Tan listed there. Is he not? I don't see oh, him I there. Need, I need to go add him then for sure. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. you actually poached him from us. Uh, did we? Yeah, I poached him from his own site. He's yes. all over the place. That's true, but we had him first. He's <laughs> back in 2003, a month before we were there. You know, he posts a ton. So even you know, even though you've had him for a while, uh, if you look at the post count for uh, him on our site, it's it's hundreds, hundreds of posts. Yeah, and, he and he hasn't posted for like maybe six months. <laughs> uh, that's because he's doing stuff for us. No, I'm I kidding. know. He's, no, he's just really busy. He's he's all over. He's uh, you know, he's at the uh, the Nebula site, and he's got his own blog, and he's just doing things everywhere. So I yeah, I need to I need to uh, fix that on the, our about page. Get him get him uh, get him out there. Well, uh, definitely. Um, we tried to get him on the podcast, but that never that never quite worked out either. Um, but I, I still I want to get I want to get someone in from. Uh, I th- I think he's just got a, such a great perspective. On top of being a really, you know, powerful writer, he's got such a great perspective on science fiction. It's 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 very outsider, you know. Sure, and about, he's he, go ahead. Yeah, he's just talking about editing uh, anthologies of um, fiction from from Asia, and it's like, well, I've never heard of these writers. Who are these people? Right. Right. It's cool. Yeah, he he lives in the Philippines, right? And he's he's also very active, like on uh, on Twitter. So he's he's. Uh, He's got a lot of contacts there. There's a lot of uh, conversations going on be- between him and uh, authors and editors and stuff. And uh, and uh, yeah, he's a he's, he's a pretty connected guy at this point. A dynamo, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super dynamo. I like to say super dynamo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do now. Okay. <laughs> um. Oh, when uh, I was uh, talking to Scott before the show started, before you woke up or got online or whatever it was, um. I was I was saying one of the things I like about SF Signal the most is that 
it's it seems to be focused on books as the primary thing. I mean, is that true? Yeah, it 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 is kind of uh, m- maybe not intentionally, but just because uh, that's where our um, that's where our, our our love of science fiction comes from. I think we, you know yeah. we tend to. Uh, and speaking for myself, I mean, it's it's. I, I tend to like books, uh, the reading experience more than I like the movie watching experience. Me too. Uh, I think it, it kind of expands my mind a little more than you know. Where I can I can use my own imagination as opposed to absorbing the imagination of others that that might put some visuals up there and and show me what it's like as opposed to having me imagine what it's like. Um, but you know, I you know, there's there's different focus. It's also, I mean, there, there's there's some movie coverage out there, but. Uh, you know, like I said, there's only so many things we can blog about, and I guess, yeah, there probably is a, a focus on books. Well, I, I, just thinking of your reviews, I've, I, I think they're almost always books. I, I think you did a, a really, really negative review of Blade Runner <laughs> when it came out on TV. <laughs> was, that, was that me? Was that, did I do sure. that? I think it was like one star or something like I'm that. The, uh, I, I'm the only, well, um, I take that back. I'm, uh, there's one other person who finally admitted to me, but there, I'm the only person I know, I used to say, I'm the only person I know who, who disliked Blade Runner. And of course, I mean, it's the, it, it's the only thing that science fiction fans agree upon is that Blade Runner is the best science fiction movie of all time, right? It's made a million top ten lists. And I just, you know. <laughs> Emperor has no clothes for you? I, I, you know, I, I, I've tried it a couple of times. I, I, you know, I get the whole, you know, what is humanity thing. I just thought would, the pacing was very, very slow. The, the redeeming quality I thought were the visuals, which just looked fantastic. I just loved the look of the film. The feel of the film was very, 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 very appealing for me. But, uh, you know, I just thought it was a little slow and boring. I, I thought <laughs> I did try and, uh, give it a rewatch about, I don't know, 10 years ago. And, and, you know, I, I still thought it was kind of kind of boring, and I take I take a lot of flack for it, of course, right? You know, oh, mm-hmm. how could you not like Blade Runner? And uh, and then you know, so but finally, a, a buddy of mine admitted that he goes, yeah, you know what? I, I didn't like it. It's like, why didn't you admit that in front of in front of all these people for <laughs> slamming me for not liking Blade Runner? He's like, like, oh come on, but uh, yeah. And uh, the, the the clincher for all that is uh, is that uh, I, I really really want to like it, and I and I want to give it another shot. So I had happened to I had happened to see the you know the five disc uh, Blu-ray edition in a, in a used bookstore and uh, and I bought it. So you know the, a movie that I didn't like I have like the ultimate fan edition wow. I, I own in on a Blu-ray used bookstore. That's a strange place to find it. I, yeah, well, yeah, it, I thought it was too. I'm like, wow, this is like a, a an awesome find. I mean, what science fiction fan wouldn't have this in his library? And it, yeah, it didn't matter that I didn't like it. It was it was a good deal, so I picked it up. I, I also like that you're doing a lot of uh, audiobooks lately. Uh, it, it seems like, uh, you know, either you're just getting into them or it's just sort of, it seems to be a lot more prevalent in their, your reviews. Uh, that- I am getting into them. We, we kind of just got uh, started getting them sent to us. They're, they're, uh, you're talking about the, the Warhammer. Uh, well, there's audiobook. the Warhammer. You also got the Aliens Rule. And the, um, right, the, the, the Infinivox. Right, um, that's right there in Texas, one. by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Yes, I actually uh, met Alan Castor, oh. uh, who's who's the owner there, the owner slash editor there, and uh, I met him at a, a local ApolloCon here in Houston. And nice. uh, very nice guy. He offered to send me uh, to get the, or he gave me a copy right there, and uh, cool. I gave it a listen, and I really enjoyed it. the 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 Warhammer ones, and and actually the anthology ones as too, the the Infinivox anthology ones. Uh, they they they're. I mean, I, listening to audiobooks is new for me. And uh, 
I, it, what I, one of the things I liked about it was that I can kind of listen to it while I'm away from, you know, places where I can read. Right. So I can, can listen to short stories uh, in the car on the way to work or something like that. And uh, with the Infiniv- uh, with the uh, with the Warhammer ones, they're uh, they're relatively short. It's it's one story, relatively short. So like you know, an hour to an hour and ten minutes. It's one story. And I can I can uh, li- I can consume and review that in a short amount of time. So it uh, it helps it helps keep me up with my uh, my my insane goal of, of a book a week uh, trying to try or a review, writing a review a week, which it seems, seems be- almost it seems almost that that frequent that I see a, a review from you up. Yeah, usually, usually every Tuesday is when I'll is when I'll put a, a review out there, and I <clears throat> it, it's uh, with time getting tighter and tighter these days. I'm, I've been sneaking in these these uh these audio uh the audiobooks <laughs> that's probably why i like i like all the, i keep saying novels need to be shorter so i can review more <laughs> other than uh, just the enjoyments level no i i really do like shorter novels i think yeah those they, they used to be short very well done you, i'm sorry <clears throat> i said they're very well done the warhammers um extremely well done on audio Oh well, they're 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 audio productions as opposed to just a narrator, right? right. So there's there's a little it's a different it's a slightly it different a, experience. It is a single narrator, but um, with a lot of uh, um, enhancement, I guess. A lot of uh, yeah uh, sound going on in the background, which can sound be, effects, can background, be terrible, but uh, Warhammer does it really really well. And uh, some of those are written by uh, the James Swallow ones, anyways. Uh, it's. It's, he's the same guy who writes the, some of the Blake Seven uh, audio dramas. I don't know if you got any of those in for review, but they keep sending them to me, and I'm uh, I'm always enthusiastic when I do a review of them. Um, they're uh, about the same length. They're you know two maybe two stories on one CD. Have you got any audio dramas in, or are they mostly along the lines of of uh, narrowed or sort of enhanced, as Scott was saying? Well, we're, only, we're right now. We're only uh, we've only get them from the two sources: Infinivox, which does the short story anthologies, and the and then uh, um, Black Library, which does the Warhammer stuff. So, I mean, this, those are the only audio books we get. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, I take that back. We might have gotten uh, way back when a Jim Butcher novel, one of the um, Dresden Files novels. Right, audio right. Audio book. Okay. Well, I think other than that, that's about it. I, I see a lot of other, uh, just looking through your list of uh, reviews, um, it looks like you and I have read a lot of the same things. Uh, Scott, you just did Wake not that long ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, got, you've well, I didn't it for... review it. Um, it had already been reviewed on our site. I listened to it. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, right. But I, I think you just put up a review on Goodreads. and I. Oh, yeah, I just rated it. Yeah. Yeah, what did you give it? I gave it three of five. Three of five, and mm-hmm. John, you gave it? Four or five. Four, four, uh, five. four and a half. I think I gave it down time. <laughs> I think I gave it four and a half. I, I really enjoyed that one. Oh, well, some... it says four here. <laughs> Does it say four? For, nope. wait, which one, Wake or Watch? For Wake. For oh, Wake. Wake I gave four. Watch I just reviewed two weeks ago and gave it four and a half. I thought it actually surpassed the original. Yeah, I, I saw that review. That's great. Um, yeah. There's one more to go, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember what it's called. Wonder, I think. Wake, watch, and yeah, Wonder. something, something like that. Yeah, right. there's some, there's some enjoyable about uh, Sawyer's fiction that I enjoy. He, I mean, he he really taps into kind of the what if, um, 
you know the what if questions uh, with his with some of his fiction, which which I, I seem to enjoy. Yeah, I've been a fan of his for a long time. Yeah, and I enjoy him too. You're you're also going through the Mercenary series or the Starship series, I should say. Yes, I I finished. Yeah, I finished that one. I'm that almost the, finished. I'm, I'm sorry. I take it back. One. I take it back. Flagship, which was supposed to be the last one. Are they coming out with another it's, one? It's out. Flagship's the last one, isn't it? It it is the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it ended. Yes, yes. Very enjoyable series. Very quickly consumed too. Resnick's they're, got they're, a, they're relatively short, but he he does this. It's almost all dialogue. You know, there's very little description of what's going on. So it just yeah. seems to fly by. There's there's a lot of logistics and and not so much um, tactics in 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 some of that stuff. But True. Uh, his writing style in general, even with the with the non uh, the non uh, starship stuff, is uh, is just uh, you know you know how like, you know how there's some writers where they just I mean you you can read them and you can it's just like you can you can whip right through their prose right there's True. just there's, some writers that are like that and other Same writers are, in a way yeah yeah other writers well m- not not clunky writing is it's just it's just harder to to read through it's just a little slower to so i mean with the resnick stuff i was just, i was just it was like it was like reading through a straw it was awesome yeah. <laughs> wait that resnick sounds hard is, mike resnick is like that for me and uh so is orson scott card um his his books just fly for me too yeah and um i just noticed on your bio here you said uh it uh john's favorite authors tend to be golden age like theodore sturgeon isaac asimov etc um, but you also like some of the new stuff um, by Alistair Reynolds and John Scalzi. So, um, how do you how do you th- think the uh, the hard SF of today is compared comparing with the hard SF of back then? You know, hmm. there's so there's so Good. much talk about. Well, hard SF has really kind of run its course. There's really nothing nothing new to write about. You know, and everything kind of from the golden age is every you know just kind of being rehashed. Do, do you agree with that? Um, I I don't know. I think I think there's a different flavor to the old stuff and the new stuff, right? I mean, I mean the old stuff. There's a lot of things technically wrong that they didn't get right, right? Like in the ooh, in the future, we're gonna have uh, computers that you know, you know that are you know this that are huge, you know that, that are huge, or that they they'll have uh, output on paper, and they'll you know they didn't they didn't proceed digital screens and little you know tricorders and things. Oh, they have vid screens or visa plates. Vid sure, they have visa plates. Those are basically what we've got now. But you're right about the computers; they're always way too big. Yeah, they're too big, or they're not. You know, there's always some technology that that they didn't guess, or you know that uh, that there's something wrong. And, and some people that that they don't like that. I I know someone who who you know, it's like, oh, I can't stand reading the older stuff because they, they, it's just they they got the predictions all wrong. I'm like, well, that's that's part of the charm, right? That's you know, this is how this is what they thought back then, what the future might look like. And you know, it was it was interesting to to see how that either came true or didn't. Well, I so, I think you're probably making a mistake though if you if you st- start reading say wait a second this isn't what happened or this isn't what's going to happen or this isn't what happened because that's not exactly what science fiction is about I don't think is is predicting the future that that's some other guy's job. Oh, I agree. Uh, it, it, but if this is just someone making a point that it, it irks him about the older stuff and that's one reason why he d- he doesn't read it. Well, which is fine. I mean, you know, that's fine. But I, I you know, I, I kind of find part of that to be charming. You know, it was, it was just simpler. Books were a little shorter. Um, 
the the writing was different. I love Theodore Sturgeon the way he writes. Uh, I, I want to read more of his stuff. Mm. Uh, but you know, but like you said, there's there's uh, or like the bio said, there's there's new stuff out there too that really that really uh, really stokes my interest. I, I don't think I answered the question. The question was yeah. something comparing about new yeah. question, new new sci-fi. It's, it's hard. It, it's hard. SF dead is what Scott was asking, right? Oh, I don't so think so. Right? Yeah. There's always there's always something. Uh, as far as new stories, you know, ripping off the old stories, that's the, you know, the Pulte argument, right? There's only X number of original plot lines, you know, depending on who you talk yeah. to, that number well, what changes. What I found, um, like, Peter F. Hamilton, I read uh, Judas Unchained, and what was, I forget what the first part of that one was. Uh, Pandora Star? Yeah, that's it, Pandora Star. It just, uh, you know, there's so much in there. I mean, it's just yeah. unbelievable. It's like, you know, 20 Asimov novels in one book, <laughs> you know, because you know, they just kind of uh, focused more on one thing, you know, the, the Golden Age authors, and then the, the newer ones seem to just dump everything, you know, including the kitchen sink in there. Um, I, I recently read my first culture novel. I read Consider Phlebas. I don't know if you've read those. I'm I'm horribly underread in banks. Actually, in a lot of sci-fi, I'm, I'm probably not supposed to say that. You think a guy with a sci-fi blog should have read a lot of sci-fi? But there's a lot I of classes. Just, I what, have you, what, have you, what do you enjoy reading then? If 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 you haven't been reading much sci-fi lately, what have you? Been no, reading? no, I, I have been reading sci-fi. It's just I'm I, I think I'm horribly underread in the you know the a lot of the classics. Oh. Um, so I have not read uh, the the banks books yet. Okay. They are on my shelf. Yeah, it was good. Well worth it. Oh, that's what everyone keeps saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're really something else. Um, but not hard SF, right, Jesse? <laughs> well, uh, I, haven't, I haven't read any Banks except I, I listened to a couple of plays, but mm-hmm. I don't think I've read any Banks either. Yeah. Uh, and I have some, I think, of his not his mystery fiction or something somewhere around here, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I didn't realize he wrote mystery either. Oh, yeah, I think he's got some sort, sort of thing going on. Under another one of his names or something, his middle initial for it, I think. Gotcha. Ian Banks. I think you know. I think about. It, I think I read uh, one of his Ian Banks story. His you know his non SF stories. Um, the Bridge. Could be. Many many years ago, it was okay. Uh, you know, I, but you know, I, I really was. I was really more interested in his in his uh, science fiction, and for some reason, I had picked up that book off of the pile and started reading it. But I really want to get into the culture stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff. I did read, there was a short story, it was a culture short story in uh, the space opera Renaissance, if I remember right. Uh, space Gun or something like that. I forget what it's called. Or the gun or the weapon or whatever it was. And uh, and I really enjoyed that. That was good. Yeah, I haven't read the uh, the new space opera book. In fact, it's, yeah, yeah. it's on its way to me. Um, I don't know if you've read that one or not, um, but um, I'm eager to get into that one. Um, yeah, lots of good stories. Lots of uh, award winners or award-nominated nom- stories in that one, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Alan Castor has a another year's best on the way out, too. Oh, does he? Yeah. Excellent. It's, yeah, it's not out yet, but it's on the way. Um, that should be I quite had- good. I, oddly enough, I had uh, I've read the new space opera two, the second edition, but not oh. the first one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, how did you like that one? 
Uh, good. I gave it what three and a half out of uh, out of five. Uh, but you know, it's hard. Any story that any any uh, anthology that gets uh, uh, you know three and a half, three even even three or more is is probably pretty good. It's I think it's hard unless you're unless you pick the stories yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to uh, to pick up an anthology and like every single story as much as you possibly can. You know, it's just you know it, it, it's hit and miss, but usually good. I, I I don't know if it's the what's what years they're. It seems to me like they 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 tend to pick new when they're making an anthology today. They tend to pick things that are very recent. You know, put five or six things that are you know from the last couple of years. Obviously, best of the year. But um, I, I keep picking up old Isaac Asimov, Martin Greenberg collections, and uh, anything as Isaac Asimov puts in a collection, I. I tend to like almost every story in the book. Well, well, there are different kind of anthologies, right? Like you mentioned, there's the best of stuff, which which will pick the things from the past year or whatever, right? And then there, um, there, are, you know, themed anthologies, right, mm-hmm. where they try and write to a specific theme. And then there, there are uh, original anthologies where people will write stories that have not been published before. And then there are reprint anthologies, which are older stories, mm-hmm. and uh, that which you know they might have a cutoff, say, from the last twenty years. There are anthologies that are mixed that have some new stories and some reprint stories. So yeah, you can there's stuff all over the map. I think I think it's I think it's hard for any any anthology to just you know just hit a home run with every story that it that it chooses to to to, to put inside there. One one thing one thing I want to test though. I once read um, the Science Fiction Hall of Fame Volume One mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I, re- it was you know, it was a lot of the golden age stuff, right? Now I, I remember thinking, every single story in here was just so so good, and you know, now that I'm, uh, you know, more you know, quote, you know, I'm doing air quotes here, more more critical of uh, of of science fiction, I'd like to go back and read it and see if I still have that same opinion. I think I you, I, I, I think you'll find that the style might not be to your taste, but the stories are full of ideas. That's. That's that collection is just superb when it comes to demonstrating the range and ideas that can be found in a science fiction story. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I'd like to see those turned into audiobooks. Um, speaking of which, one, one of the you you were saying you were a fan of Alistair Reynolds, or was that oh, on, yeah. on your bio? Um, uh, there's absolutely. a new book coming, maybe a different series. I think this is probably a good way for me to get into an Alistair Reynolds novel I've, i don't think i've read much of his um it's called terminal world and it's um it says brand new novel from the most exciting space opera writer working today and this this new book is equal parts steampunk western planetary romance and far future science fiction terminal world but it's got airships on the cover and if you put an airship on the cover of the book i really want to read it <laughs> We just got that book in uh, this week, actually. And oh, I, really? Uh, yeah, when I when I had opened that up, I'm like, oh, excellent! You know, this is this is. I just can't wait to dig into that one. Absolutely. I just finished reading his uh, Deep Navigation collection from Nesva Press, uh-huh. and uh, and some really good stories. Those stories span. It has his first published story uh, up until some later stuff. You know, kind of spans his career a little bit, and uh, and you know, there's some you know just some outstanding stories in there. Uh, yeah, you know it's kind of amazing to me. Um, you know, there's been so much talk about short fiction and how it's gone downhill and everything. But 
I don't know if that talk or whatever, but it sure seems like there was one heck of a lot of short fiction books being published. Um, and they seem to be popular. Well, I think they're saying the magazines are dying, but the uh, the anthologies seem to be doing pretty good. Yeah, it seems to be. Yeah, um, a lot of times. But, but the, reprint, the, the reprint anthologies, a lot of time they're coming from stories printed in the magazines, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And, uh, you know, Subterranean Press prints a lot of them, and uh, NEFSA, like you said. Um, but that's one. That's, that book, I didn't even know about that book. I definitely need to get that one. I have one from Subterranean that I can't wait to read is uh uh Robert or yeah Robert Silverberg's um, I'm looking at my bookshelf here see if I can find it I'm trying to remember what it's called but it's uh uh oh Phases of the Moon um by Robert Silverberg it's kind of a collection of his career science fiction definitely Another not all of it on it's just shelf. kind of a retrospective yeah I like almost everything Subterranean sends me uh, tons of stuff by email, and it's it's always something interesting that they they're working on. And when they do a book that somebody else is doing, they always put a better cover on it, which I I think is really important. Are you the guy behind the book cover SmackDown? Yes, I you? am. <laughs> yes, the book cover SmackDown. I love those posts; they're fun. Do you? Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, I love the the Ender's Game cover. It was really cool. <laughs> that was really neat. yeah. You know, it's funny how, uh, how how opinions differ on those things, right? It's like, you know, you just get art that appeals to, to one person, but totally is just, whoa, that totally kills the, the book for me. I would never, ever pick that up on, on a, you know, and, and the whole the whole point of those posts is, is, is really promotion, right? It's, it's they're, they're yeah. you know, 90% of the time, their covers I just absolutely love. Uh, and, 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 and the other 10% their covers I, I just like, I just like a lot, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But they're, uh, those, are, those are a lot of fun to do, sure. Yeah, Subterranean's always got excellent covers. Yeah. It's true. And they, they, put out, they put out a lot of good books, but they seem to, to, to care about the final details that, that a lot of big publishers just don't give a damn about. And, and those little details are what makes me you know, say, you know what, I still like paper books. You know, it's all about audiobooks for me, but... If you put a, just a little bit of detail into it, you know, a picture here, a little little something on the, you know, the spine, it's like those are the things that make you, you know, want to pick up that book and take it home with you. Yeah, some covers are definitely more effective than others, right? It's true. But it's not just the covers. It's, you know, like uh, I, I've got a copy of uh, Michael Chabon's Gentleman of the Road. The cover's not so great, but inside there's, you know, there's a map. I love maps. Um, even though it's a map of Earth, right? It's, it's a map of ancient Earth, and uh, it's got you know every sixty pages or so, it's got a, a you know a nice original drawing in there. And you, you, there's something there's something to be said for the way they used to do books in the you know early twentieth century when they weren't competing with uh, with um, television. I guess uh, you know people wanted a a book and they'd keep it for a while. I, I I think magazines are like that too. I, the uh, the the current magazines. I don't think they do a lot of in, interior art, do they? Asimovs and F and SF. Um, yeah. I can't think lot. of. I not can't as, think not of as it. much as they used to, for certain. You know. I, really. I still subscribe to Analog. In fact, I've got one right here, and I don't think that there's any in that. Nope, I'm wrong. There is some. Is there? Yep. <clears throat> nice stuff too. Mm. Got the latest. Yeah, there's. 
They'll do like yeah, they'll do a, a you know some piece of art with the story, right? Interzone does some does some art with the story. I think I think for um, for the fiction magazines, uh, it's not so much it's focused more on the fiction than the art. But if you go to like media type magazines like SFX, um, it's all about the you know the layout and the in your face kind of you know visual aspect of it too, right? To to, to grab your attention. Yeah, there's I, a, a couple of stories in this issue have art, but um, by no means all of them. Yeah, just a couple. I'm uh, just cruising the subterranean website. They've got a uh, cover art for a new Ted Chiang novel or novella called "The Lifeware of Software Objects" and our life cycle of software objects. And you know, just seeing Already that. Already ordered that one. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, then you didn't order me one, did you? I, I didn't. I'm sorry. Damn it. Ted Chang. Uh, it's sold out. Is it? Terrible. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> man, oh, man. But no, I, I bet you uh, last time uh, with the merchant, uh, was it the merchant and the alchemist's gate? Yeah. The story came that. out in fantasy and science fiction magazine right near the same time they published it. So, and there was a great audio book. It's a limited edition. Um, I would imagine the same type of thing would happen. But uh, he's got to be one of the one of my favorite writers. I, I've said that a lot on this podcast, I guess. So, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a considered a master of the short story form, right? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah novella. I, I don't think he's done a novel, but every every uh, every story he puts out is, is definitely worth reading. And um, I'm not sure he he doesn't. I guess he's not really hard science fiction, but whatever he's doing, he's doing it so well. It's it's almost hard science fiction in a way. Well, it's it's hard science fiction, but with a very human element in every one of them. Uh, well, not every story. Even with the, the ones the first, the first story that robot. I read of his was called uh, "Story of Your Life," mm-hmm. and it was I would call that hard science fiction. Um, yeah. And well, even, it's, it's apparently hard to write. <laughs> that would have makes it hard science fiction. Yeah, exactly. But I gave that one four stars. "Story of Your Life." I read that a, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, that's yeah. That was that's, a good. That's one of my few five star books. That's I just loved every every bit of that book. Awesome. Yeah. So, what about reviewing? How, you know, you say you like to review one a week, but um, do you have specific? Um, you know, on the website you have like a I don't know. This is your reviewing philosophy or whatever. But do do you have uh, certain things that you look at, or how do you review? Yeah, I, I actually do have a, a kind of a reviewing philosophy. As, as a matter of fact, I, as I uh, as I started reviewing a little more, um, you know, it, I, I thought it would. I, I think I, I think it. Okay, so I think so. I know there's a target audience, and, for, and so I started. I started reviewing. One of the main reasons I started reviewing was just so that I can remember what a book's about. Yep. And I started posting them on the blog, not just for content. Uh, but also uh, to to help others see what might be good or bad about a book, and I think I think reading reviews is uh, is not helpful for a reader unless you uh, unless you can point out what you liked and disliked about a book, and I I think it's not helpful for you to make uh, purchase decisions unless or or to find books that you might like unless you you have the same tastes as the reviewer. So I try to put together a a, a list of of some of the thoughts that go into my reviews. And if you, if you look at any of my reviews, there's a, 
there's a where it says my rating uh there's there's a link and that links to you know my my fact sheet on uh on on some of the philosophy of of the reviewing so there's uh where i try i tried to put down uh what goes into the review what the ratings mean and you know why why do things a certain way and and what i'm actually reviewing I, you know there's I, I get into all that there and I, I i look back at that every now and then to make sure it hasn't changed too much and i don't think it's i don't think it's changed all that much cuz i i think reading tastes change over time I, I I like uh, I like the uh, one thing you've done since the beginning too is you 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 put the you 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 basically do all the different kinds of reviewing in each review so you do the star review which I think is the least useful unless you know exactly who the author is um, but it's also a quick shorthand to say uh, don't bother with this book if you were planning on it um, and you you know who the author is or at least it makes you want to read the review and see what's wrong with it. Um, uh, then you do a, uh, the synopsis, which I think is the most important thing, is to get that out of the way. Uh, say what the book's about. We do that with themes, just saying, you know, it's science fiction, it's fantasy, or you know, what it, what's what is it going to be dealing with? And then you do the pros, cons, and bottom line, which I think. Did you steal that from uh, uh, PC Gamer? Oh no, that was uh, I had seen it on. Uh... Gosh, there was some uh, there was some opinion based website that was popular back in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was called, <laughs> but it was for every product under the sun. Okay, uh, and I kind of borrowed it from there. And I thought I got that's good because it, it you know the you know that whole that whole shorthand you know thing in the front of the reviews that not only just the star rating but the pros and cons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's very controversial in in review circles. Right? It is. There's, there a lot of pe- there's there's a there's a, a bunch of people out there who are really 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 into reviewing, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, I guess I'm I guess I'm not don't really consider myself part of that circle. I, there there are people who like to do these synopsis reviews, these opinion reviews, which uh, which is kind of what I I like to do. And then there are the cr- the critiques, right? The professional reviewers, the John Clutes and the and the people who want to do that type of thing, uh, who really dive really really deep into it and try and figure out surmise what the author is doing and they you know they start talking all about symbolism and how it relates to the human condition and all that stuff and I, i'm not really all that interested in that aspect of it um i really just want to just want to get my thoughts out there on uh, and, and so i can look back at it years later and go why did i like that book you know what did i like about yeah that? i like that book what was it that i enjoyed yeah, and I think the the synopses and the and the the pros and cons it, it it does cause me to think a little bit about the book and why I didn't like it, and it, it it kind of structures the review a little bit and forces me to think about you know why was this not a five star book? Why was you know what were the 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 things that attracted me to it or or didn't work for me? And so do you start things. do you start with this was a five star book and then you proceed to write it and does that that rating. If so, does that rating change as you write it, or or do you s- just start writing, and then after you finish r- writing, do you put that star rating in? Well, the 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 star rating is is a it's a rating of of the reading experience, right? So it's not it's 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 kind of hard to this might be hard to explain. Let's see, I, I'm not reviewing the book as much as I'm reviewing the the reading experience. Yep. So I could I could read a I can read a five star book and and. For one reason or another, because there there are external factors that affect your reading experience. Whatever anyone says, there's you know, if I read books and if I read a if I read a 600 page novel, uh, you know, 10 minutes a day, 
over the course of months, you know, I'm, I'm not going to enjoy it. Continuity is going to be ruined and, and all stuff like that, right? I, so I can, re- I can read a, a, you know, a classic five-star novel or something that's considered to be a classic and think, wow, I just didn't really enjoy reading this too much, you know, and, and here's why. Uh, and so, so, my, so I'm really reviewing the re- or rating the reading experience. But do you and, find uh, do you find that it changes as you write about it? Like, um, no, no. When, once I well, I've, I've already made up my mind when I finished the book before I started writing. I, so I, you I, close I, the the last page and then you say three star book. Or I say I say wow, this was like a five star. But I can't imagine how this could be any better. Or I say this was a mediocre book, so I'll give it two stars. Or I could say you know this is a this is this was about this is this was good. So a three star is good, four star is very good, five is outstanding, right? I, 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 send, I tend to say, was this a, did I consider this a good reading experience or a very good reading experience or a great reading experience or, or a bad one, you know? Right. And so that's, that's kind of how I, how I pick the star ratings. But uh, uh, and, and, what, what I'm sort of nuanced about it here is, is do you find that in, in, the, the, in, the, in the rating of it, um, it, it's, you know, it's like when Scott and I, we did, uh, what was that book we did recently and we... Uh, we did uh, the old um, turn of the oh, screw. You, yeah, the turn of the screw. We 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 talked about the turn of the screw, and we both didn't didn't like it as much as soon as we finished it as as after we talked about it. And I, I feel that way a lot of times when I start writing a review. It's like, well, here are the things I liked about it, and then I read what I've written, and I think, well, what didn't I like about it? And I and I write some more, and my opinions change. It's not that they become radically different usually. It's just uh, they they change. And it's like, uh, you know, you're watching the movie, you, you think about it, you walk out of the theater, and then you start talking about it with your friend, and your opinion will change. Just, you know, you, them pointing, like Star Trek. I walked out of the theater, I was enjoying it up until the end, you know, the latest Star Trek movie. And then uh, I walk out of the theater, every step I took, I got matter and matter about the movie it's like well, i'm enjoying it and then i start <laughs> what the hell was with that red matter and then i keep talking and then i talk about it to a few people you know what that was a stupid movie i start thinking yeah but you can you can point those out and say you still had a good time right well, and because when true. you were watching the movie, when you were watching the movie you didn't care about the red matter and the origins of oh, it oh actually it no, I, as soon as it came up uh, you know i thought what the hell is this what the hell? What are they talking about? Wait, why are they doing? Uh, but you know, it kept it kept uh, you know distracting you with the the next thing that the, you know somebody's flying out of a window or something. Um, there there was always something to distract you f- from it momentarily, and I think that's how a lot of the writing goes these days. Is you know uh, the new Doctor Who, for example, just I can't watch it. It's 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 it looks good. It just doesn't have <laughs> what I'm looking for. Did, did the old did the old new Doctor Who do it for you? Uh, I haven't. No, I, I haven't. I, I haven't been able to keep up with the. You know. You know. Ever since. I don't. Oh, when you, no, when you seen, I'm talking about yeah, the Jesse's seven. a big Doctor Who fan. You've, he yeah, was the original if, Doctor. If you're, if you're, or, yeah, yeah. When I, you say the new Doctor Who, do you mean this year or you mean? No, the, no. I just mean the last five years, ten years, or whatever it's been. Whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, because somebody, I, I maybe I read it on SF Signal. Somebody was saying it's. It's full of um, Deus Ex Machina. It's not. It's not really science fiction because it's got a science fiction idea, and then the Doctor pulls out his magic wand and solves everything, <laughs> or something well, else happens. 
Yeah, I, I, Doctor Who, I think, isn't, isn't you know, really rigorous about the, the science and the storytelling. It's about, the, I think it's about the fun and, the, and you know. Yeah, but it I, used to be about science. And it, it, would, it would have these deus ex machinas occasionally. But, you know, you know, he would be, there'd be an episode about, you know, pollution or, or something. You know, it was really old-fashioned. In the old days, it had science fiction in it. And you could sit down and start watching it. Or it's about history. You know, the second episode uh, is, is the Daleks. And then I think the third or fourth episode is they go back to Aztec times. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a culture shock. It's social science fiction. It's very interesting. But I, I mean, they they always had the problems that they have now. It's just now all that's all they have. I see what you're saying. The, there's some shows I give a break. Uh, you know, I cut a little slack. That's one of them. I think uh, Fringe and Eureka are two other shows. I'll, I'll give I'll, I'll give a kind of a free pass because, like Eureka, for example, to me is it's it's a it's lighthearted. It's a it's light sci-fi. So you know when they pull out their, you know. Magnetrons or whatever they're you know whatever they're talking about that particular week. I'm saying, oh, okay, whatever. You know, get on with the story. Um, similar to Fringe, right? When when they start talking about some of the things they talk about, it's like you know that's you know kind of interesting, but you know not really the draw, the appeal of the show for me, I guess. But you know, I, I, I cut I it some slack. Seen either I guess. of those yet, unfortunately. But um, oh, I, no, I, I've Fringe. I've heard, yeah, I've heard. Uh, uh, Paul Bishop from Bishop's Beat was. Saying they were doing some noir uh, noir tribute episode or something, and that that interested me a little bit. Oh, really? I wait a minute. I just couldn't get into that episode. The one episode I didn't like of Fringe. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that, but, but other people liked it. I just I just wasn't wasn't into that one that particular episode. I expect that kind of that kind of thing to me smacks of writers going. You know what? I'm tired of doing the same standard fringe thing where it's you know the X Files thing or the or the story arc thing. Let's do something different because I'm bored writing that type of show. Let's write. Let's do this noir musical. Yeah, and we'll have corpses singing. Oh, it's musical. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So you know that to me, you know, smacks of of writers getting you know uh, itchy or bored or something. And I, I can you know I can put up with that stuff for for Eureka because it's or if they did something like that because it because it's more. It's more lighthearted, you know. It's more light. It's lighter than 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 I expect from Fringe, I guess. But, yeah. but what have you been following? Flash forward because I think I think basing a television series on a novel is a much better idea than doing a, a movie version of a novel. I have been following Flash Forward, and I've been liking it even better after their mid-season break. I guess they were having some writer issues, and they took a break, or or maybe it was just again the standard. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they had some sort of thing. I know that uh, Robert Sawyer told us he was going to be writing episode seventeen. And it turned out he, he he just wrote the most recent one, episode nineteen. So um, yeah, there might yeah. have been some some sort of switch up. But um, Luke Luke Burridge of uh, the Science Fiction Book Review podcast, he pointed me to a IO nine article about about what was wrong with. Uh, flash forward and he was saying that it didn't have enough fuck yeah moments that is where you know in the movie aliens is the typical example you know the alien queen comes out of the the lander just as you think they're safe right and the little girl's about to get a kill about to get killed and she uh ripley runs off and you say what what she's running away oh terrible right and then she comes back the door opens and she steps out with the the um the exosuit or whatever it is, and you say "fuck yeah" moment, right? 
say, yeah. yeah, now we're ready, right? That's that's the thing that it's lacking. Is It's just, you know, it's got a bunch of characters all floating around the plot, but you don't really care about any of them because they don't have a fuck yeah moment. I, I guess uh, those probably lend themselves better to uh, to action type plot lines. I mean, you know, they, they they certainly have those moments in Flash Forward, but yeah, it's probably more character driven than than uh, than action driven. I think. So yeah, maybe it doesn't maybe it doesn't fit well into into that particular show. But there, I mean, there are reveals right there where you go, wow, you know, the, the kind of shocker moments where you know he's the guy in the stadium or you know that mm. kind of thing, mm. you know. Yeah, um, it's uh, I'm I'm gonna be interested to see where it goes. I, I mean, I, I've read the book and I like the book. I, I thought it was a really that that was a case where this is this is a really interesting um, idea that I don't think has been done before. You know, you've had uh, tons of novels about time travel, and you've had you know a few novels about you know getting information about the past uh, to do something with it. You know, communication. There was some movie that did that communication with the past. To frequency, affect, right? Yeah, frequency. There's a that was a pretty good movie, um, and yet Flash Forward did it in a as a novel. It did it in a very interesting way, and you know he uh, he, he tied it into CERN, which I don't think really they've mentioned. I, I thought that was some of the most interesting part is talking about you know the uh, the giant collider, but. Um, it, you know, it's it's a television version, but I think you know HBO does terrific work with with uh, you know True Blood. If uh, did you read those those as novels? No, I haven't uh, read or seen that. Oh, okay, well, um, the first book, Dead Until Dark, I quite I quite liked it, despite it being a you know paranormal romance. <laughs> um, but you know, I think there is something you know, Scott, you're really amped up about the Storm of Swords or whatever it is that's coming? Um, you're talking about the HBO series? Yeah, the George R.R. Yeah, Martin that's book. Uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, okay. Yeah. Is that what it's going to be called? Um, you know, I'm not sure what the title's going to be. Uh, I would assume that it's a Game of Thrones, but they are they are filming it and stuff, but I love those books. absolutely love them. But yeah, it might be it might be a, a good idea to do more of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just... I, I really love the idea of that, taking a novel and making a, a season of TV out of it. Too, yeah, that's what I'm of, saying. Uh, one season, one one yeah. one novel. Mm-hmm. But but doing it as a as a limited run, right? Exactly. Yeah. As mm-hmm. as opposed to just going on and on and you know trying to go for syndication kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. 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 There's so many books that would uh, be really fun to do that way. Um, but this, you know, they could, with the George R. R. Martin series, of course, they could decide to do, you know, a future season with uh, book two. You know, he's got four books out right now, and the fifth one nearly finished. They could do it. Yeah. Um, uh, I think, Scott, a long time ago, you were saying uh, what we need is a Ringworld movie, or a, and I said, no, it has to be a miniseries, right? Yeah, because I, I think we were I, talking audio drama at that point. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. If it, you're going to adapt it, it can't be short, right? It right. can't it be. It can't be short. Yeah. Just because of the nature of the material. Mm-hmm. It can't yeah, be there's nothing. Short. Yeah, it would be. It would be good if it was all in there. Yeah, they don't do lim- limited run stuff on uh, on US TV, right? It's it's you know they go Very for often. the show and they then they just get canceled after. After half a season or whatever, and they, that's their they limited doing, run. Uh, Stephen King miniseries for a while, but even those have gone away. You know, the 
Yeah, the yeah. last few. Well, V, uh, the original V was supposed to be, you know, a limited series, and it was, right? Yeah. They used to do it. It used to be done a lot. You know, Shogun. Shogun, Great, yeah. great miniseries, right? Mm-hmm. And then they do another miniseries in the next season, right? Yeah. Something completely different. Um, yeah, but they seem to have completely lost that. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess it is. is the syndication thing. Is that is that what it is? I don't yeah, um, it's, uh, well, maybe it's got to be have something to do with money. That's all I can say. <laughs> you know, you'd think that with uh, with you know, like Star Trek, I always thought you know, Enterprise would have been better had they done like a miniseries, you know, uh, and then they could have uh, you know crammed those ooh yeah moments in there, you know, all in one, <laughs> all, yeah. all in one six hour thing, you know, and then maybe do another one, you know, later. Um, you know, Star Trek has never tried a miniseries, but I'm sure that it has a lot to do with money. You know, once you get all that set built and your crew assembled to do the special effects and everything, it's way more cost-effective to make more. If it were profitable, they'd do it. Yeah, for sure. If it were profitable, they would be doing it. Yeah, and, you know, I, you know, well, I, I'm saying, you know, I, obviously I'm not in the industry at all, but you'd think that with DVD sales... And and everything now you'd have uh, you know if you could run something on the network and then sell it on DVD that maybe that would be enough but uh, making a profit is not always enough but making a big profit is what they're always after. So let, let's get this back to books where it <laughs> properly belongs. Um, I, I see you know you you get the books received um, on SF Signal it comes in um, and you you sort of add it to the. The massive list of everything that's received. Uh, what, what did you say? You say in the interest of full disclosure. Full disclosure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's all the books that came in, right? Yeah. Um, so, w- about what percentage uh, do you figure you get reviewed? Because I, oh. I know we we find it very difficult to review very much of what comes in. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. There's, it's, it's, it's probably a very small percentage. I haven't gone and tallied it up, but you know, uh, you can probably, uh, you can figure it out. I mean, I, I, at the end of the year, I, I, I've done that before, where I've, I've said, hey, you know, we got this many books, and we've only reviewed this many. We should probably review more, but you know, uh, it's, it's hard. Ultimately, it's ultimately it's not about it's not about um, this becoming a job. Right? Yeah, it's that's right. Where, where fans who are who are reading books or consuming you know audio or or you know watching movies whatever we're, we're sent and we're um you know we're we're fortunate that that publishers are, are sending stuff to us but it's it's really it's it, it's it's too much right now as when you consider what we're actually reviewing so but I I think it was uh, Andrew Wheeler who who said that uh, publishers. Um, uh, sometimes send these things out like they're like they're um, you know they're they're uh, seeding the ground right and, and and if if somebody does a review you know something grows there then then great you know otherwise it's still worth it to you know you're not going to get the review unless you get the books out there so they they seem to keep sending the stuff and what I, what I find odd uh, maybe not odd but uh, is uh, is that they send us a lot of fantasy books and and we largely review science fiction uh, yeah. you know. About eighty percent science fiction, uh, as opposed to fantasy. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think they're necessarily targeting books for certain audiences as much as they could be. Um, do but, you, you know. do you sometimes see something on the shelf uh, at the store and say, "Hey, they didn't send us that," and then 
you know, regret it? I uh, I, I see it. I don't I don't regret it because we're not send. I mean, they have cost concerns too, right? So. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not going to send us anything. I think. I think what I think it's just generous to begin with, or, or you know, I think it's nice that they're they're sending us stuff as it is. I you know, I, especially because we're not reviewing every single thing they send. It's just it's just too much, right? Well, so, what, uh, what, what? How long after SF Signal started did they start really pouring in? Because it seems like now, you know, you are getting basically almost everything that comes. Oh, well, I don't know about that. that. It's got to it, be close it, to that. We get we get all this yeah so some days we get more some days than others or some weeks than others but uh, how long we you know, started like when we started it 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 we are you started with our own stuff and then I don't maybe a year after we were completely was is that right Scott yeah maybe about that but we we would request what we wanted and let people know we exist and um, yeah then uh, some publishers started sending us all kinds of stuff and. Yeah, I think it was about eight or nine months after we we had started. We had we had contacted a publisher uh, just to see um, if we can get a, a a book for review, and then and then I guess we got on their list, and, and then they started sending us more books, and then uh, I don't know I, I don't know how it snowballed. Did we, we we don't we don't at, at this point we don't really actively go out and seek more books. People kind of send us mails mail and ask if they can send us stuff mm-hmm. if they if they're not, if we're not already on their list. And this and is to, even with your your disclaimers about what you'll review on the on on your about page. You know, it says I mostly review science fiction. Be be yeah. sure you know that. Yeah. And yet they still keep sending the the fantasy. Well, the the thing is, they're they're getting publicity out of it, right? Just it's by true. sending it to us. You know, I thought of it. So the whole reason for the books received posts, the weekly posts, was because we weren't reviewing anything. And I thought, well, this is a shame. They're sending us this book because they want to get some publicity, and they're getting nothing because we're not you know, reviewing all the books. And so, you know, let me put up these weekly posts about, about what we get. And plus, it, it satisfied this whole full disclosure thing because there was some conversation about uh, whether your reviews are considered honest. If you're getting the book for free, should you, should you tell everyone when you get, you know, in, in each review that you got the book for free? And I'm like, yeah, well, that, you know, that just seems. Crazy. Just seems repetitive, but yeah. whatever. So I so I started doing these these weekly posts, and uh, and I I I wonder if that even made it you know made the inflow increase, right? It's like oh hey look if we send a book to this thing we get on their <laughs> get on their weekly you know weekly publicity, which okay well you know so I don't know. I, I, I'll tell you that's where I I do most of my book browsing is on SF Signal. I I say oh that's coming out cool because you, <laughs> you can't keep up. You can't go to every website that every publisher no even and a lot of them still don't have RSS feeds. So yeah, but you can go to but you can go to Amazon and see the you know the new releases or whatever. It's true, but the, they're not, also giving every... you they're also giving you you know the hot new releases and uh, at least up front and that's sort of harder to see we're i mean we're uh yeah we, we, I mean, we don't get books from every publisher you know i mean it's there are some publishers that don't send us stuff uh, that's true but uh, i mean i'm already overwhelmed what i'm what i'm looking for is is uh oh see what's happening what's out there and uh and you know if there's the occasional review up there as well along with all the 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 book cover smackdowns and all this yeah. it's actually you know it is you you got to have a review a week if it's not uh, JP does reviews too, right? Yeah, we we, we all do reviews. So, you know, some some of us are more into reviewing or or more con- uh, consistent than others. But you know, that's how it is. 
Yeah, we do exactly the same thing. We uh, when we get something in, we post it as a recent arrival, and they get that free advertising. Well, it cost them the book, I guess. And um, if we can f- match it with a reviewer, that's great. You know, if we don't, then we don't. We've taken on uh, to, to help with that uh, that that overflow. We we've taken on uh, some you know we call them SS Signal regulars, right? Some uh, some other reviewers, right? So we got. Mm-hmm. We got Andrew Liptak, uh, you know Lisa Page Spindler, Jonathan McCalmont is on there. Um, Patrick Wallahan has done some stuff for us. Larry Ketchersid and uh, Karen Burnham uh, has been doing some. So Karen Burnham, she does outstanding reviews. Um, her reviews, I, I think, tend tend to, to be more towards the critique side than the than the synopsis review stuff. That yeah, I, I do. follow her, her blog. Her reviews just put ours. Her reviews just put ours to shame. She's uh, she's awesome. Yeah, so adding her to my RSS feed right now. <laughs> Yeah, she's, Spiral she's Galaxy Review is the name of her blog. Yeah. Yes, go check out there. I've got go it. check out Spiral Galaxy Reviews. Definitely, it's a it's a good site. So, yeah, uh, Jason Sanford has done some a guest review for us. Chris Robertson has done some stuff for us. So yeah, so we're uh, we're happy to 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 have them on and, and doing some more reviews. Uh, well, still, still, do you have trouble finding uh, someone to review Paranormal Romance? <laughs> Uh, are are you interested? No, we're looking we're looking for we're looking for someone too. Because if you find well, we someone, let us know. I, I don't. I don't. We're not. I mean, we're not like like traditional review magazines will assign books to uh, to their reviewers, and uh, that's kind of not what we're about. No, <laughs> we're about um, you know, hey, if we have something that you want to review, you know, I, so I we do the weekly book review post. I, I tell my reviewers, I say, you know, take a look at that. That's what came in, and you know, if you see something you like, uh, give me, you know, drop me an email, and I'll, I'll drop it in the mail. And because uh, you know, I. I, I it, this whole the whole purpose of the blog is 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 having fun, right? Mm-hmm. And and if and if you're forced to read something that you don't want to read, that's not fun. That's high school no, that's, English class, right? Right. And so that's not fun. So we tend to we tend to choose books that match our interests. We we tend to choose things that we think we'll like. Um, you know. So you know, do, do I do I assign anyone paranormal romance? No. <laughs> if somebody wants to read the paranormal romance that we get, then fine. I'll. You know, I'll drop it in, and and, and and then we get the review. But uh, you know, I, I don't assign I don't assign books to folks. But are you having trouble finding reviewers for that? It is, you know, we we put out a call for a paranormal romance reviewer to no effect. Right? Oh, and uh, well, I, I I I we don't really advertise for reviewers. No, either. no, but I'm I'm wondering, are they getting reviewed? Uh, probably not as much as they send us. I think yeah. Lisa Lisa has done some st- another another site you should check out. Um, Lisa Pate's Spindler's website, uh, okay. which I'm failing to receive. It's not coming to my mind. What is Danger Gal or uh, yeah? Anyway, so uh, yeah, so um, yeah, Danger Gal got it. Yeah, the Danger yeah Danger Gal blog, which is actually at uh, LisaPateSpindler dot com slash blog. But anyway, so uh, yeah, she's she's done. Uh, She's done some uh, some stuff for us, um, and she she likes uh, some of that the things that tend toward the spectrum. So yeah, some I mean, we have we have folks doing it. It's just not nearly as much as we do the sci-fi and the space opera and the, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know. So you mentioned the uh, Alistair Reynolds book. Is there anything else on your uh, to be read list that you're excited about? Oh boy, you know, I you know with the books we get, there's like I have. 
<laughs> we get we get a lot of books, and there's there's hardly any room to, to put them all. So uh, so I, you know I'm, I'm I'm taking the putting them in boxes, right? Uh-huh. But there are, there are books that I there are, which is sad when you think about it. It's like oh hey here's another book for the box. You know it's like because yeah. I just there's just not that much room. I but but you know there are books that I don't put in boxes because I know I want to read these right, and then that pile's getting too big, right? But I, I got let's see. I got the 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 latest Matthew Hughes book, Hespira, is is on my uh, physical shelf. Uh, uh, I got uh, George Mann's The Ghosts of Manhattan is on there. The latest uh, uh, Paul McCauley, The Quiet War. Oh, Stephen Baxter, uh, Ark, the follow up to Flood is on there. Uh, oh, I'm sure I'm forgetting a ton of them, but uh, there's there's just a there's just a lot of stuff I, I you know. Yeah, and that's 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 the sad thing, right? All the people, everyone should have my problems, right? Every science fiction fan should have my problems. It's like, oh, there's so many books I want to read, but I can't get to them all. <laughs> that's you know, what, that's what I feel. You yeah, know, it's, like, it's, it's a big stack of stuff. Oh, it's terrible. It's only do with it. And then it's like a job, right? Yeah. It, it it can't get. You know, reading is supposed to be fun, right? So yep, you know, yep. got to keep that in mind. Yeah, I go through those phases too, where I'm just like, oh man, <laughs> I want to, oh, I want to read every single one of these, but yep. Yeah, I, I I definitely read less than I want to read, uh, for sure. Well, I think I think we got to get you on more audiobooks, and you got to start a longer commute or something. <laughs> it maybe it works. Move it works. Away, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up with a uh, one of our recent arrivals. Um, I've okay. Got, I've got one that came in this week that uh, um, we'll talk about real fast. It's called the Unincorporated War. Oh, the sequel to The Unincorporated Man. Exactly, yeah. It's from Brilliance Audio by Danny Collin and Eaton Collin, performed mm-hmm. by Eric G. Dove. Um, oh, it's from Brilliance. It's That's from interesting. Brilliance, yeah. Cantor had it before, uh, the original book in the series. Oh, did they really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, the Collin brothers introduced their future world and central character Justin Cord in The Unincorporated Man. Justin created a revolution in that book and is now exiled from Earth to the outer planets where he is a heroic figure. The corporate society, which is headquartered on Earth and rules Venus, Mars, and the orbital colonies, wants to destroy Justin and reclaim hegemony over the rebellious outer planets. The first interplanetary civil war begins as the military fleet of Earth attacks. So, Did you, uh, did you read that? I never have. Huh? John? But you did. John? Oh, John? The Unincorporated Man? I have yeah. not. It's it's a very interesting book. It's um, it's uh, kind of a libertarian uh, uh, utopia or dystopia, set in uh, a couple hundred years in the future. A man goes to sleep uh, after getting terminal illness. He puts himself to sleep in a cave with a you know a, sort of a life support coffin, and hundreds of years later, he's dug up, uh, and they revive him. He wakes up into a society where everyone is a corporation. You, so you, when you're born, you're issued uh, 100,000 shares are issued in your name. Your parents huh. get 20 percent uh, each, or 10 percent each. The government gets 5 percent, and the rest is yours. But as you grow and you need to go to school and you need to, you know, educate yourself, you have to sell your shares to pay for the school. And so people end up owning you. Um, and then the rest of your life is to try to get your majority back. Your majority share share so you can control your life and direct you know you know say how long your vacation is going to be instead of having your corporation uh shareholders tell you very interesting interesting. idea yeah 
sort of a very old-fashioned uh, style of uh, science fiction writing, but um, I'm not sure I need a sequel. <laughs> this is a big book, too. It is... Uh, the first one 20, was big. 22 hours long. Yeah, it's a, it's a, they're about... The first one is about that long. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Um, I, I, you know who I really like who doesn't do sequel after sequel after sequel? Uh, Cory Doctorow. Mm-hmm. I like that he doesn't do endless sequels. He puts out a lot of writing. I, I see For the Wind just came out. Did you read Little Brother, John? I did. I loved Little Brother. Me too. Excellent I'm, story. I'm actually rereading it, and uh, it's um, rereading it. Well, for I've, who's got to, who's got time to reread? Because <laughs> it's, it's I, I'm I'm teaching it at school, so oh, okay. okay. Uh, you know, you read it, and then you say, "Oh, this is a good book for teens." So we read it, and kids love it. I think it's you know it's it's really uh, you know it's about now sort of, and uh, yeah. for for the win looks really interesting too. So That's the, the take on gold farming, right? Yeah, but also you know social social justice and. And uh, he's he's he he got it with a he's not wishy washy, you know. That's what I like is he's he's got a writing style and he says this is what I believe. And you hey, let me disagree you, with him, but you you like it. Let me ask you this: which which series is out there to, that you think should end? <laughs> well, you know, I, I I'm glad Starship ended the Starship series. Yeah, um, and it wrapped it up nice, right? Yeah, well, I I haven't finished it yet. Don't don't tell me the end of uh, the last book, but. Um, I, I like that there is an end, and it's going to end. Uh, they, they were relatively short novels, but um, basically all of them. Um, I don't like sequels that much. I thought the unincorporated, unincorporated man should have been tied off. It it was really too long to begin with, and um, so I, I my sort of new pattern is to just read the first book and pretend <laughs> like it's a standalone. <laughs> What about you? What do you think should end? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. You know, I have this, I have this weird, this weird thing where I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm hesitant to start a series sometimes um, until it's ended because oh, yeah. I don't want to be in that position where either I'm waiting for the next book or it's been too long since I read the last book and the new one came out and I don't remember what happened in the previous ones and which is silly, of course. But mm-hmm. uh, so I don't, you know, I don't know that. Uh, I've read. Let's see. We were talking about Pandora Star, actually, which is a duology, not really a series. But uh, I remember uh, Pandora Star being very, very, very good, and I remember Judas Unchained being not so much, <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it nearly as much. But uh, you know, I, you know, I don't know that there's any. If there's a series I stopped liking, I'd probably stop reading it. You know, before I got to the end. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I do. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, I don't. I'm, I don't have the the need to finish things when I start them. If I don't like them, I, I move on. I I don't like that. I, I that's why I'm very I'm very careful to try and find something I hope I'm going to like because mm-hmm. oh, God damn it, I'm going to finish that book. And why uh, would you ever choose anything else? <laughs> well, just just you know, if 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 I'm doing if I'm going to read it, I should review review it and let people know. Know whether it's good or bad. <laughs> Let myself know, fig- you know, figure it out on the way. But also, you know, if it's a bad book, it needs to be told. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Don't, don't let the the book go. You have to tell tell people. I think a, I think it. a bad re- I think a bad review is just as important as a as a good review to to yeah. 
let folks know, you know, why you didn't like it or, you know, what, what you didn't like about it, why it didn't work for you. It may be, it may be uh, that, you know, that's the things that you didn't like about it are exactly the reasons people read a, you know, science fiction or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. So, yeah, I think that's good information as well. Um, so why don't we do uh, Pick of the Week if you've got no more uh, recent arrivals, Scott? Pick of the Week? Wow. Um, got anything? Um, how about... Um, no, I didn't have anything picked out, so let me think. Oh, well, Did let me let one? me tell you what I've got. All right. And, uh, While I pick and then one. John can think of something when you can think of something. So, it doesn't have to be a, a science fiction book. It doesn't can be just about anything. And uh, so what I've got in my hand here is um, a really interesting comic I, I read about a while ago. Um, it's called Logic Comics. It's a, I guess, graphic novel. Um, it's, called, it's subtitled An Epic, An Epic Search for Truth. And it's by uh, Apostolos Doxidas and Christos H. Papadermetrio. A couple of Greek guys. <laughs> um, and here's what it says... Uh, you do a search online. An innovative, dramatic, graphic novel about the treacherous pursuit of the foundations of mathematics. This exceptional graphic novel recounts the spiritual odyssey of philosopher Bertrand Russell. In his agonized search for absolute truth, Russell crosses the path with legendary thinkers like Gotto Frege, uh, David Hilbert, and uh, Kurt Godel, and finds a passionate student in the great Ludwig Wittgenstein. <laughs> so it's a very strange subject. There's no superheroes. Um, and I'm not a, I'm not much of a math student. In fact, I'm terrible at math. But this looked really interesting as an idea, and it's just gorgeous. Uh, a friend of mine was um, reading it, and he recommended I have a read after, and so I'm going to do that. I'm really into comics. I, I, the thing, the thing is, is you can't. Although people do try, I don't think you can turn. Uh, a comic book into an audio drama or a audiobook where you can pretty much turn any any paper book into you know just regular text paper book into an audiobook that's probably true i mean it's a visual medium right yeah well it's a, so. you know, it's, it's text and visuals but just you know layout and drawing i mean it it does well, make part of the, appeal. the storytelling that's yeah it's part of the appeal i mean is it's you know it's it's partly visual i should say isn't it so yeah are you reading comics I'll, I'll read. Uh, I'll read some graphic novels, comics, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them. Yeah, I you know uh, occasionally. Uh, like I said, part of part of my uh, reading choices these days seem to be geared towards uh, providing content for the blog. So so I'll you know I might pick, you know, from the list of things I want to to consume, I might pick something that's shorter. And sometimes graphic novels uh, do that. I, I made the mistake of thinking I could read Watchmen in like one or two sittings. Mm, uh, that'd be hard. Yeah, that was hard. That was, but but the it was it was awesome. It was so good. That, and, that's uh, a great example. Of, yeah, uh, it was what very makes good. comics great? Yeah, uh, I have uh, Gene Yolen's Foiled on my shelf, um, and then there's uh, Prime Baby. I had those are um, two books from who makes them first, second, for instance, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got those on my on my shelf. I just read uh, Zeus. Which was the first in the series of the retelling of the of the Greek mythology, um, which I enjoyed. Scott, you got a pick of the week? I do. I grabbed one um, off my shelf that I've been uh, reading in bits and pieces lately. It's called the Polysyllabic Spree, 
by Nick Hornby. Um, mm. This is from a column. It's a collection of columns from a magazine called The Believer, which is a kind of a, a magazine for people who love books. Um, not not science fiction, but um, he wrote this column uh, where he'd um, write down all the books that he bought in that previous month and all the books mm-hmm. that he read in the previous month. And, of course, the, the list didn't always match. And it was just a column about reading. Um, and th- this is a really terrific book. Um, let me read you uh, just a little piece of it. Is that all right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, he says, Books are, let's face it, better than everything else. If mm-hmm. we played a cultural fantasy boxing league and made books go 15 rounds in the ring against the best that any other art form had to offer, then books would win pretty much every time. Go on, try it. The Magic Flute versus Middlemarch, Middlemarch and Six. The Last Supper versus Crime and Punishment, Fyodor on Points. See, I mean, I don't know how scientific this is, but it feels like novels are walking it. You might get the occasional exception. Blonde on Blonde might mash up the old curiosity shop, say, and I wouldn't give much for Pale Fire's chances against Citizen Kane. And every now and then you'd get a shock, because that happens in sports. So Back to the Future 3 might land a lucky punch on Rabbit Run, but I'm still backing literature 29 times out of 30. That's a good, good little bit. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the, the whole tone of it is just, it's funny, it's uh, really enjoyable. Um, and it's the first of three books that are a collection of his columns, which he, he doesn't write anymore. But I like Nick Let's Hornby. Get, yep. That sounds really good. Uh, Nick Hornby, he's the guy who wrote, um, uh, I think I was reading it the other day. He wrote the, uh, About a Boy. He wrote what? About him. About a Boy. Nick Hornby, About a Boy. About a Boy. I don't, I don't remember that one. Um, he wrote one called Fever Pitch, which was about uh, an Arsenal fan. Yeah. yeah. Nick Hornby is About a Boy. They, they turned it into a movie. It's also cool. a novel. Good deal. Uh, John, what do we get from you? Uh, the the probably the book I'm most excited about this week is the Terminal World. Um, it's is which? The uh, Alistair Reynolds' The Terminal World. Oh, okay. So that's the one I mentioned earlier, the airship. Yeah, yeah. That was the, that was. The, I'm anxious to get. I'm anxious to get back in space again. It seems like it's been a while since I've read something that like takes place in space. Um, you know, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, something in long form. I should say. You know, I just read the, his short story collection, but uh, in long form. It seems like it's been a while since since I've I've you know been in the traditional realm of of science fiction spaceships and stuff like that. So yeah, looking forward to that. So we should uh, probably see a review uh, by the end of uh, no on on Tuesday, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, on Tuesday I still got a couple other reviews. Actually, yeah. I just I just reviewed the uh, We Robot or you know Roto oh, review yeah. oh, yeah. for, for We Robot. So that'll be coming either this week or next. And I got a, and then again the review of uh, Reynolds collection is is just about ready so that might be that might be Tuesday actually, and then uh, yeah and then I got the, I just read uh, Joe Lansdale's um, complete drive-in, uh, which took that's a that's a, an omnibus of three books which took me a while to read but uh, which it shouldn't have it's not overly long and the prose is easily consumed it's just you know finding time these days it's just getting seems to be getting tougher and tougher. But uh, yeah, so <clears throat> Terminal World. Looking, looking forward to get back to some rental space opera type stuff. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. 
please join us at www.sffaudio.com.